Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A and E. Going at you solo today. First off, I want to apologize out there. There has been no content for a whole week. That's been up on their coalition. Because I was getting ready for uh, my my wife's baby shower on Saturday. And I just had no time to do any kind of content whatsoever. I didn't have any saved up to, to, to release out there. I missed so many reactions. I missed so much things to talk about and things that have happened. So I'm going to try to cover it all within this podcast today when it comes to wrestling related. And also later on when it comes to like nerd stuff for the Nerdgasm Talk podcast as well <coughs> also I am trying to get over this cold because of course the Friday before the baby shower I get sick the, that's the last thing you needed and I had a fever and I had to hurry try to sweat this fever out so I could go and barbecue and do all stuff for the baby shower so right now you guys will hear me cough you're going to hear me sip tea. You're going to hear me do all this stuff. So I do apologize for all that in the background because I, I need, because right now I'm losing my voice a little bit. So I'm doing the best I can. So I got my tea right here. Got the microphone and I got you guys with me. So we're going to go ahead and we got a lot of things to talk about in this uh, podcast. So first, before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to the production company I am a part of, Spaces Philly. Make sure you guys check out spacesphilly.com for all your great podcast news and topics and uh, all types of entertainment that you're looking for, especially with the Lulu and Pop show and then the new the new Lulu and Pop Horror War show. Check all that out. Check out both sides as well, along with our podcast, the No Gimmicks Need the Wrestling Podcast and the Nerdgasm Talk Podcast as well. You guys can find... <coughs> once again, see? I apologize for all that, but once again, uh, you guys can find us on Stitcher, and you guys find us on Apple Podcasts, along with Google Play, along with YouTube Premium, which has a free trial going on right now, but you pay $9.99 a month. But if you guys have Google Play, you guys should already have YouTube Premium. So, every get out the way, I take another sip of tea. So today is Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, which crept up on all of us. Especially after Wrestle, this is the first pay per view since WrestleMania, so it crept up on us for real. And then usually Money in the Bank is not until like June or July, but now they moved it up to May because they got the Saudi Arabia show uh, in June, and then we got Extreme Rules in July where they come to Philly, and then we got SummerSlam in August. So we're gonna go over. I'm gonna give you guys my quick predictions on Money in the Bank. All right, so we have an 11 match card here, and. It said that the pre-show match was supposed to be the Usos versus Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, but that's not necessarily the case because I heard that they that was not going to be the, the pre-show uh, anymore, and it looks like they probably going to give it back to the Cruiserweights. I don't know the case to be honest with you, but I'm just gonna go over match my match and see how I feel about it. Uh, first off, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, who are the new SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions, are going to go up against the Usos. Jimmy and Jay. First of all, this whole wild card thing is really in the way. I I think it was it was a bad idea, and it's going to die before it even gets started. And like I said, I, I couldn't get into detail about that 
because I didn't do a Raw SmackDown review about it. And it's amazing that the Usos being on Raw and they are rivaling with the Revival. You think that they would get the, the match with the Revival, not Daniel Bryan and Aaron Rowan. To the point, it was like, if y'all going to keep having the Usos back on SmackDown doing all the SmackDown stuff, why even put them on Raw in the first place? So, me personally, because of the way the story was going, no matter how bad it is, I would like to see the Revival go up against the Usos. So, probably we're not going to get that match until probably the, the Raw after Money in the Bank, which is kind of unfortunate, but you do that you do that terrible Usi hot segment, you would think the Revival get that match with the Usos. But that's either here or there. I have... Honestly, Dave Bryant, Eric Rowan winning here. It's not for the, the tag team titles, but what's the point of them losing right now? So, it really is no point in that. Next up for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Tony Nese versus Arian Davari. I have not been keeping up with 205 Live in recent weeks, so I don't know where they're standing on that. But uh, I have I don't see Tony Nese losing the title anytime soon. There's no need for him to lose the title anytime soon. So, I'm going to go with Tony Nese. Next up, we have a singles match for the WWE United States Championship, and that is Samoa Joe taking on Rey Mysterio. Now, Nick, of course, we have been teasing this whole thing with Dominic and Samoa Joe approaching Dominic and, and backstage and everything. So, I, it looks like since they could have had this happen at WrestleMania, Dominic is getting involved somehow. Samoa Joe chokes out Dominic at the end of the matchup. Maybe Mysterio wins by a fluke. And then Samoa Joe uh, chokes out Dominic in the matchup. So that's what I'm gonna have, I, I have going here. I have Rey Mysterio beat Samoa Joe in a fluke win to win the United States Championship. And then uh, out of frustration and anger, Samoa Joe is going to uh, choke out Dominic, which is going to keep this rivalry going for a little bit longer. Which I'm not uh, upset about that because I, I like the dynamic of Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. So, it's pretty good there. So, they keep that going for all I care. Next up is Roman Reigns going to take on one-on-one with Elias. You know, Elias has been such a, you know, took a back seat to this feud too much. I really feel as though that this centers more around Roman and Shane and then there's the Miz that be added into there and Elias is just there, it seems like. So, there is no way Roman Reigns on a one-on-one match losing to Elias because I think they're setting up for Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. <coughs> so, first of all, I don't see this really be. I mean, this could have a potential to be a, a decent matchup or it could be on the level of Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But I, I think this is going to be a better match than that because it's money in the bank. They're going to probably give him a little bit more time. And I got Roman Reigns pick up the win here with basically the usual Superman punch spear. The Speaking of uh, Shane, we have The Miz versus Shane McMahon inside of a steel cage. I, and for one, I, I'm glad they didn't go with the, the regular singles matchup here. Because, of course, the False Guy Anywhere match at WrestleMania, which I thought was pretty good. I can't wait to see the Steel Cage matchup. I don't think The Miz wins here, actually. I think Shane McMahon, out of some shenanigans, picks up the win here. Because Shane, I have, have is going to go feud on with Roman Reigns. And he doesn't need to uh, have Miz win. Because if Miz wins, they got to do a blow-off. Now, of course, you had this wild card rule. <coughs> where they can go back and forth. So, if the Miz wins this matchup, it's 1-1. So, you got to have the blow-off. So, they can probably do the blow-off at Saudi Arabia. But the, uh, the card has already been leaked for that a little bit. Like, Roman's going to go up against Shane at Saudi Arabia. Then there's Extreme Rules, where Shane can get his win back there. I, I don't know what the case may be. But, first of all, I'm already interested in the Steel Cage State. Because this has only been one of the only storylines... That has continued to grow and have some steam behind it since uh, uh, was it Crown Joy happened and one of the best storylines going up into WrestleMania and going until now. So I want to miss because I think Shane gonna do something stupid. I think Shane's gonna try to do a shooting star press from the top of the cage because why not? It's Shane McMahon or Shane loses. And he does an elbow drop to Miz from the top of the steel cage. 
I don't know whatever it should be a highly entertaining matchup, but I'm gonna go with the Miz to win it here so they can tie it at one apiece. Uh, I'm gonna start with this one because of how the build was. And it's, gonna, it's gonna be for the WWE Championship: Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens. Everything in me wants Kofi to hold this belt to SummerSlam. Everything in me, because Kevin Owens is like he set up the storyline of the New Day breakup, and I am one of the people who feels that the New Day, New Day does not need to break up for them to be successful as single stars. However, I think Kevin Owens actually takes the championship here, and I know there's no well they keep saying there's no automatic rematches, but still, <coughs> I want Kofi. Dole to Somerset, or maybe it's a a thing where KO gets up disqualified. I don't know what the case may be, but somehow, some way, I think I have KO winning. But see, it, it doesn't make sense, really, because it's the it's that new day that, that new day factor in there. Because if they do bring up the new day, I, I see Big E coming after the championship. So will that be a case? I'm not sure. I don't want to do that to break up, but. I'm thinking that's what could happen with with the and a Biggie day in Somerset because I don't know the extent of Biggie's injury, but when it comes to Kevin Owens thing right now, okay, listen, I have Kevin Owens probably winning by DQ. He still wins the match, but I probably have Kevin Owens winning by DQ. That, that right there, that, that 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 will settle it for me. So KO wins by DQ. All right, so now it's time for the Becky two belts. We got. Becky going against Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. Becky going up against Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. There are a lot of people out here who are thinking that Becky is walking away with no belts after tonight. I have to disagree. I don't think Becky's walking out with both belts. I think the only belt Becky's walking out with is the Raw Women's Championship. I think Becky Lynch... Beats Lacey Evans. I think that's the first. I think that's the opening match. Either that or or the or the, uh, the second matchup. But I think Becky takes on Lacey Evans in the opening matchup, and I think that Becky uh, wins that matchup because I I am a fan of Lacey Evans, believe it or not. But I don't think she's ready for the championship just yet. She, there's some more she has to do. Uh, show her ring ability. Like Lacey Evans only had one singles match so far and, and the other one was her just being in the Royal Rumble. And I'm talking about on the main roster. I'm talking about NXT. Fell in love with her and during the main Young Classic. I really like what she brought to the table. But this is the main roster. You try to sell it to another audience. And she hasn't done much as just uh, sashay her way. So there is no believability that she can win this matchup against Becky Lynch other than you know her doing terrible women's rights to Becky Lynch, so yeah, Becky Lynch taps her out in this matchup, but the way they've been uh, booking and showing the video of Becky and Charlotte and their friendship and everything, this is the final showdown, Charlotte gets the belt back, Charlotte gets the belt back and breaks it over to SmackDown Live instead of having Becky go back and forth from Raw to SmackDown, I think that's what happens here, Charlotte takes her belt back from Becky tonight. So that is what I think is going to happen here with Lacey Evans uh, wins the Raw Women's Championship. No, Lacey Evans loses. Becky retains the Raw Women's Championship and then Charlotte takes it. Because you have to end the Charlotte-Becky storyline. One thing about Charlotte feuds is sometimes they can wear out their welcome and go a little bit too long. Such as Charlotte and Sasha. Just Charlotte and Becky. I think they even try to Charlotte and Bailey. She feuded with all of her fellow horse women. But uh, I do believe that this is finally going to end it and win back her SmackDown Women's Championship, stay on SmackDown, and, you know, they, they can build up challenges for that. So that's what I have going on here. So but Becky keeps Raw, goes over to Raw, and then Shaw stays with SmackDown. Now let's get into these two Money in the Bank ladder matches. Uh, First, for the Money in the Bank women's match, we have Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi, Bailey. Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, Carmella, and the newly added Nikki Cross. Since uh, Alexa Bliss says she could not participate in there, so this is not the most stacked I've seen it before. That she has been working hard. If I be rewarded, and honestly, if and there's no Sasha Banks, honestly, because if there was a Sasha Banks, 
Dana Brooke will probably not get this position. But Sasha Banks is not does not want to come back to WWE and not taking no phone calls from them. I, I'm guessing. I don't know what the deal with Sasha Banks is right now, but I'll talk about that later. Not in this podcast, it's just, just later on down the line. But it, the only woman I really see, I only see two winners out of here. Ember Moon or Mandy Rose. I really think they want to get behind Mandy Rose, give her a good push. Like, I think Mandy Rose is everything they want Eva Marie to be. She's beautiful. She see, she's strong. She can wrestle. And, you know, she's not terrible. Eva Marie to be. And Mandy Rose is just dead tenfold. But Emma Moon just got back from injury. So, I'm guessing that what they want to do is... I'm going to go with Mandy Rose at a match. Uh, Ember Moon is a strong second, but I, I once again, I think her and Naomi in there for the highlights. I really got Mandy Rose uh, winning it, and then she can go on and challenge whoever. I would, well, I'd like to see Ember Moon, absolutely, but I think it's going to go with Mandy Rose in this one. Time for the men for the uh, the Money in the Bay ladder match. Sami Zayn, who is replacing Braun Strowman, which I think is a, is a better move because anything less than what Braun Strowman gave us last year in the Money in the Bank will kind of be a failure and they didn't want to do that to Braun Strowman uh, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre Baron Corbin Ali, Finn Balor Andrade San Amos and Randy Orton so obviously I don't think Randy Orton goes back to back so he's out Sami Zayn is going to have to deal with Braun Strowman unfortunately he's out Ricochet was looking strong, but I don't think Ricochet on that main roster yet. First of all, you can't come out with a money to make briefcase with the Ricochet sound effect. Pew, 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 pew. No, I'm just, I can't do it. <coughs> I know it's all a Vince Fault thing, but it's just still bad. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, well, first of all, Ali is in there to, you know, to be a show stealer. But I have two people winning this. It's either going to be Drew McIntyre or Andrade. So, here's what I want to say. I have Andrade saying I was winning this. Hey, Selena Vegas say y'all don't like spoilers, but we do. And I'll let y'all know Andrade saying I was will be the winner here. He needs something. Drew McIntyre already got the look. He already got the persona. He can, he's already uh, crafted for the main event spot. But not. But Andrade needs something to help. You know light that flame and get him really going and I think that him winning the money in the big briefcase could do a lot so I'm going to go with Andrade Cianamas winning uh, the briefcase over Drew McIntyre I actually hope that kind of does happen because I really think they can really shoot him into the atmosphere and now it's time for the main event for the WWE Universal Championship Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles ever since AJ and Seth Rollins on the same show. I've always wanted this matchup. <coughs> AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, I've always praised on this podcast as saying that these guys can have a five-star matchup with a bro. Because these guys know how to take anybody and get uh, draw a good match out of them. And I think that's the, what they say. So when you got those two elements... That uh, there's no way they can have a bad match. But then once again, you look at some of AJ Styles' matches with uh, Nakamura and Joe and Brian. They sit there and they say, you know what? They weren't up to the par like I wanted them to be. They were good matches, but they, you know they, they were overhyped. So that's the case here. But it all depends how much they want to give us because <coughs> are they saving this matchup again for SummerSlam or? Extreme rules. Is this a start of a rivalry or is this a start of a just a you know a one off? Because if it's a one off, I think it could be a match of year contender. But I really think that it could just be a regular, you know, first match in a whole series of matches in a rivalry. So who do I have winning here? There have been hints of AJ Styles saying that there's a club there. They got his back since there is no Shield members left. So. I don't because I, I do see AJ probably turn a full heel, but I think I have Seth Rollins winning this matchup. And then afterwards, AJ goes berserk and then he gets the club out and they attack Seth Rollins after the matchup. So this Robbie could probably keep on going like that. 
But I do have Seth Rollins retain the Universal Championship uh, in a matchup with AJ Styles. It, sh it should be a for no no pun intended. Should be a phenomenal type matchup. It really should, and I can't wait to really see it. But I got Seth Rollins winning here. So guys, that was my predictions for Money in the Bank here tonight. Make sure you guys stay tuned uh, for probably tomorrow. I'll have my review of Money in the Bank up. So, uh, if, if I can right now, I'm trying to fight this cold as you make it through the rest of this podcast. So, bear with me, please. Now, we got the predictions out the way. I want to move on to some tragic news, unfortunately, that happened. Actually, two things has happened. One that's happened already and one that just recently happened. But I'm going to talk about the first one being Silver King. For those who don't know who Silver King, I remember... He uh, is a, a, Mex a Mexican luchador, and he definitely wrestled under a lot of names, and he was part of the Cruiserweight division back in WCW. Now, I re I vaguely remember him in WCW. Cause I remember he was there at that tail end of WCW. I, I remember, like, um, he was, like, one of the beginning Cruiserweights. I'd be like, I, I would say 98, 99, 2000 is when I kind of basically remember him. Cause I think he was the one that was wearing the uh, cowboy boots at a time when he was in a WCW. Well, he had a match with uh, uh, Hoover Two Guerrero, the Juice, in London. A lot of people think this was happening in Mexico because a lot of incidents happening in Mexico, believe it or not. But no, this happened in London at a wrestling show where he actually passed away in the ring. So, what happened was, there was video of it. And the video could be kind of hard to watch, depending on what it is. And I went back, I was listening to it on Silent Monsters podcast about it. And I was just like, I want to go check this video out. It's not something that I... Because it's kind of hard when you're in these kind of situations. Where it's like, you want to go check out the video. And then you kind of don't want to check out the video. Because you, you see somebody, you know what's happening as you're watching the video. But... What's happening is that Hoover to Guerrero and the referee clearly didn't see what was going on. But the question is, I watched this video and I was saying for like the referee standards, like how do you not know something is wrong? Because it looked like he was very sluggish. And then there was a point where he was on all fours, his hands and knees, and the juice kicked him in the chest and he collapsed down. And then the juice had a fight to like roll him over. And he was just standing, sitting, laying there, just motionless. And now, usually, with of course, we know wrestlers predetermined, and you know, some referees are cued in on the finish of a match, and some referees aren't. But a referee's job that is out there for people that believe it or not is that they are out there to check on these fellow wrestlers that are out there, and if something is wrong, they got to at least put the X up or let somebody know. And the referee looked completely oblivious. But you can tell clearly that me not being a referee, this is me just being a wrestling fan, that something is wrong here. Now, once again, I, like once again, I'm not trying to put too much pressure on that referee. But it just looked like he didn't know what was going on. And so oblivious. I, I, I can't be part of a job like that. Especially when, you know, you and uh, the other guy, the guys that they're wrestling with, your, their life is in your hands. Their life is really in your hands, and you have to do more than that just to, you know, be so oblivious to, to the thing. And it, it was almost sickening to me. And especially with kind of wrestlers, like, I don't like seeing death, like, live in a living color. I, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen now and even to the day I die. It's going to happen when we're going to see death in there, but especially like sports-related deaths and stuff, that, stuff of that nature, when you see somebody like die in the ring or die on the basketball court, that stuff is kind of very painful to watch, especially when you, you're caught off guard because you don't know what's going on. There's numerous times I've seen a lot of basketball players collapse and die of enlarged hearts and stuff on the basketball court. This kind of stuff happens, you know, or any kind of sport, especially... We did a professional wrestling where Rey Mysterio actually killed that guy uh, a couple years ago. I forgot what that guy's day was, but he uh, ended up killing him. And it's very painful to see that kind of stuff being, you know, shown on television, especially when people don't really know. And then you know what the story is in your mind because you, you know, did some reading on it. So he was going to name Silver King. He was like 50, I want to say, 
uh, I'm trying to look up what his age was. He, he was in his 50s, actually. And usually, and that's another thing also, with these guys being in their 50s and doing all this wrestling at this, at this late age, that's why I'd be so scared when you see a lot of guys at this age wrestling. And I'm like, why? Why are you wrestling? You don't need to. You don't need to be. You know, uh, doing that kind of stuff. But you know, it's the passion. I mean, you look at you should done the Liger right now. Is out here still healthy and in shape. You see, you know, Mysterio. You see Undertaker. Shit, Undertaker and Goldberg about to have a match right now in Saudi Arabia, and uh, you know, he they still kicking it. And but he was 51 year old, and. Uh, it's very sad, you know, that he really lost his life. My condolences do go out to the family. I wanted to mention him first because I, I didn't get a chance to mention him, to him on my other podcast. Like I said, when it comes to these podcasts, I'm very late behind because I'm getting ready for, of course, our wife's baby shower and stuff like that coming up. But the other death, which hit us kind of off surprise also, which was even younger, there's a wrestler by the name of Ashley Mazzaro. Now, for those, once again, Ashley was part of a the Divas division back in 2005. She won, <coughs> excuse me, she won the Raw Divas search in 2005. And I remember the Raw Divas search. I was not a big fan of the $250,000 Raw Divas search. And... You know, it's very hard that she passed away at the age of 39. They, they didn't release any details on it until later on. And, you know, I feel bad because I'm going to be completely honest when I'm talking about Ashley because I don't want to seem like a hypocrite. I don't want to seem as if, you know, because she died and, you know, all of a sudden, oh, man, Ashley's all this. I'll be completely honest with you. I hated Ashley. Not the person, the character. I never liked Ashley. When she came on my screen, I got sick. I hate it. If any, any of my friends who remember Ashley or listen to any of my old podcasts where I talk about her, I, I Ashley was never my favorite at all. And it's, it, it hurts me to say that. But, I, I yes, I was hard on her. Because when Ashley first came in on the Raw Diva Search, I was like, because I was the kind of guy, I was going for women's wrestling. Because I was a big fan of TNA. And TNA was doing the knockouts right. I was over there at TNA looking at Gail Kim and also Kong bring down the house. I was over there watching ODB and uh, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky and Madison Rain all in the come-ups. Tyra went over to uh, TNA and did, and did wonders over there. So did Mickey James later on down. But these women, in the beginning... Uh, Roxy and uh, Soldier uh, Soldier Bolden, Rocket Khan, all them. They, they was all over there in the women's division doing it up, and the women was getting time in that division. So I was looking at WWE to catch up because WWE had some women that I was really looking forward to, and in that time frame, they was looking for more women. But at that time, they were looking for supermodels. They were looking for women that you know had a you know cute face and. That was super mild that they could teach her how to do an arm drag too. That's it's basically what it was. Now I never said Ashley wasn't attractive. I thought Ashley was very attractive, and then I, but I, I always did not like even at the age that I was. I always hated what they so they used to make these women do for the two hundred fifty thousand dollar raw diva show. It was kind of just like basically like like a like a women's tough enough just to try to find women. So she ends up winning tough enough. And then they automatically put her with Trish Stratus. And when I was looking at that, to me, it was looking like they were trying to make the punk rock Trish Stratus type thing. They trying to have her follow in Trish Stratus' footsteps. And she was horrible. She was horrible. She couldn't wrestle. And she had no, not, not too much personality and charisma. Not until later on when she actually went with like Paul London, Brian Kendrick, and became did the manager stuff and everything like that. Or where she actually went on her own and had like a match with uh, Melina. I think she, I, I believe she was the one that had a match with Melina at WrestleMania 23 uh, for the Women's Championship. They only got three minutes, but that she does have a WrestleMania matchup underneath her. 
a thing. So when I was watching her, I was like, oh, did this, this going to be Trish Strash replacement? She was doing the little bit of the page before the page thing was, but page was actually good. So I was like, I didn't like it. And you're, you're coming here trying to take up my Trish Stratus. I did not like it at all. And when it came to her and her not wrestling, I was tired of bringing in another woman that couldn't wrestle. I was tired of just, just trying to bring in these, these cute girls, stuff like that, so we could hear these screaming matches, as I called them. So I, I didn't like it at all, I'll be honest with you. And <coughs> when she left, she wasn't released. She asked to be released because uh, I, I forgot what, uh, I don't know if she was going going through some things. Or she, or, or I think she, I think her daughter was sick. I believe her daughter was sick, and that she had, she had to leave. So, you know, I commend her for that. Go and take care of your family because this job at WWE is very, very uh, stressful. And uh, yes, okay. So I was reading it. Yes, yeah, she, she got sick in mid two thousand eight, and she had to ask to be released from WWE. So, uh, that. She had to go t oh, take care of her daughter. And there was other interviews that I had to look into, which actually kind of broke my heart a little bit because she was actually trying to make a comeback into wrestling, and she wanted to actually learn how to wrestle. And, you know, that's one of the things. You know, I, I feel bad for being hard on people like that especially her especially a lot of the women that come in here and are being like supermodel stuff like that kind of like when I, we, I was hard on Tori Wilson for being in the Hall of Fame and sometimes these women don't have any control over what Vince McMahon wants them to do to be honest with you Vince McMahon just wants these ladies to a lot of times be porn stars in the ring and just do an arm drag and a drop kick for 30 seconds. That's basically what they want to do. Instead of come out here and learn the art of women's wrestling and wrestling in general. So, you know, I do feel bad that she was trying to make a little bit of a wrestling comeback. I mean, she kept her body in shape. And then we got the news that she had uh, been rushed to the hospital and that she had passed away at 39 years old. When you hear somebody when they pass away at that young age, the first thing that automatically goes in your mind is, what did they do to themselves or what happened to them? Because usually at that kind of age, you don't think sickness. Now, don't get me wrong. Their kids die from cancer. Young adults die from cancer. But things happen. Sicknesses happen. But it's just that eight times out of ten, when you hear 39 years old, I was like, I'm praying that she didn't take herself out. And it looks like what they're saying now is that she did take herself out. And it's very sad. It's very sad because there was a thing also cuz this I don't know if this was uh could could this could have been part of the allegation though. But she had jumped on a lawsuit that uh, that was created against WWE cuz uh she said that uh she joined a class action lawsuit against WWE. And uh, it was a, a number of different lawsuits uh, alleging uh, that she has was been sexually assaulted at a, U a U.S. military base during WWE's tour of Kuwait. This Kuwait tour, I'm trying to think, this, this had to be back, because back in the mid-2000s, the WWE always traveled to, this is back when they actually went out to those war bases, such as Tribute to the Troops or you know, the, uh, the different, different things you should do during the year. That was a very hot thing from 2003 to like 2007 when WWE started doing that. And they would actually fly these people out, out there and they would fly their, their different superstars out to meet the troops, you know, to help give the troops a helping hand. I agree with all that stuff. And it's some of the things, you know, I wouldn't want to go on to be completely honest with you. But uh, once again, uh, that's a different story for a different day. But, uh, she claimed that she had been sexually assaulted and then uh, and then we apologized but persuade her not to report it to the appropriate authorities the lawsuit was the, the lawsuit was dismissed in later 2018 uh, then it says here after her death we said they received an email from Mazzaro on October 
2018 in which she expressed regret for having taken part in the lawsuit. And now I have known that when there are lawsuits against WWE or when there's lawsuits against big organizations, NFL, NBA, stuff like that, when people want to jump on that, especially WWE, they forgot these people ever existed. They, they, they do. You look at demolition and stuff, people like that, for these concussion lawsuits. And anything that has the potential to take them down, that's what it is. Now, I'm not saying that this assault thing just goes unnoticed. It goes underneath the rug or anything of that nature. But it could have been a thing which it could have caused a great deal of depression for this lady because of the heat that he could have brought on her for something that could have really happened to her at that time so i'm not really to say sure i have to look more into the story but there were claims that she was battling depression depression is terrible it really is i have dealt with uh depression in my life before my sister deals with depression my mother deals with depression like depression is easy to come up on people and you know it sucks when you have depression and you have nobody to help you and sometimes people are just not as strong to help get themselves out of depression without getting some serious, serious help. So when they found her dead, I was just like, it could, it looks like it could have been a, a suicide. She, they, they transferred her to a Long Island hospital and then her daughter came out and say uh, that, you know, this happened. But they never gave us no details, and I was just I was just thinking to myself, like, look, we've seen this happen to Tess, Mike Awesome, Lance Cade, like th those people who took their own life. The unfortunate thing of Chris Benoit, uh, but it was saying that when TMZ came out about it, it was saying that there was an apparent suicide by hanging, and that's sad, especially when you read. Her Instagram posts the day before she passed away, and, and she showed all these uh, fan mail. She took a picture of all, all these letters, and it just says the caption underneath says, "Just answered a ton of fan mail, so you guys should be receiving them soon. Love y'all." And uh, Punk, we know with the the black heart and the whole you know the emoji. I don't know my emojis too well, and then she dies. And then she then she passes away, and it's and it's so it's so sad because you know <coughs> it really is very sad that th this happens to, to this young lady. And you know I I wanted to be honest at the beginning and let let y'all know that I wasn't going to kiss her ass because I was not a fan of her as the character. We, we there are a lot of characters we're not a fan of, and you know to this day, God forbid anything happens to those people. You know, as the person, you don't want to see nobody die, especially not in this kind of way. You want them to see them live their life to the fullest extent, uh, the full set of that egg it could be. But, you know, when things happen, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. There are going to be people out there that, that it's like this. Hey, I hate Roman Reigns. What if Roman Reigns had passed away from that cancer? Then all of a sudden, everybody will be all oh, Roman, all oh, Roman. I mean, it's kind of happening now. But, like, to me, I never had a problem with Roman Reigns. But there are people that just turned over because he had cancer. <coughs> Ashley, as the character, as the wrestler, and what I see a performer do, I was never a fan of her. I really had a problem with Ashley. And I think that that, that was just one of the things I just did not like. But it's very unfortunate that, you know, that this, this woman had to die the way she did and leave behind her daughter and leave about all her family and things of that nature because of depression and hanging and just like look get help when you can talk to somebody if you need to talk to somebody because that stuff is is it, very deadly man you see too many celebrities and stars and just regular people do that just take their own lives you don't want you don't know what's on the other side and I, i'm not trying to turn it to no no big religious thing or anything uh anything like that this is the only life we know. You want to try to stay on this earth as long as you can because people out there love you. People out there care about you. And you may not think they do, 
but they do. And it's hard to actually come out there and ask people for help, or it's actually kind of hard for you to get the love from people that you want. But you have got to be the one to be strong enough to tell tell yourself in your mind that there is a better way than going over to that unknown. At least right now, you are here for a reason. You are really here for a reason. So, you know, my condolences and my prayers go out to her daughter. It's just very, very sad that this had to happen. Your rest in peace, Ashley. I'm sorry that, you know. We, we, we didn't get all better. I wasn't a bigger, big enough fan of hers. And to this day, you know, as a character, I'm still not a fan of hers at all. And, like, I won't be cramming for her to be in the video game or anything of that nature. But it's very unfortunate that this woman, this woman lost her life. All right, so I had to get that, you know, I wanted to get those out the way. I, I know I brought the mood down the podcast just a little bit. But I'll bring it back up now because I want to talk about... The thing that got revealed last week, uh, Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse, finally, Bray Wyatt had a secret, and he wanted to tell everybody what his secret was. So, he's in the Firefly Funhouse, and you see, oh, first, by the way, Rambling Rabbit is back, so he's not dead, but you see they put a band-aid over his eye and everything of that nature, and he says, you want to see my secret? All you got to do is... Let me in. That could be a very creepy. I, I seen some of the shirts they've been trying to sell on WWE shop that, that says "Let me in," but I, I I can make a creepier shirt, you know, with, with the whole uh "Let me in" thing. So, but I am all behind this. And then they had very great horror editing, and then all of a sudden, Bray Wyatt turns into like a mixture of Joker and Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. But the mask, anybody, because as you see, you're a nerd coalition. Anybody who reads comics like I do, there was a there was a time in the comic where the Joker, during the New 52, cut his face off. Literally. And it, it's like the face of the Joker was being wrapped around people. That's what that clown face looks like. It looks like the cutting face of the Joker. You got, guys got to look at it. it. It was weird. And that's what it looks like. And Bray has this whole new gimmick. And he's all like, owie, wowie. And I'm like, I li- I'm liking that. I'm liking that. However, here's my fear. We all have fears. This is, this is a gimmick happening in WWE. My fear is, what does this gimmick entail? Is he going to be a Finn Balor type gimmick where he comes out as the whole Mr. Rogers thing going on and then when somebody he wrestles like that but then when somebody pisses him off or when he needs some backup, he needs to go to this darker place and turn to this you know clown like sweet tooth figure or you know entity type thing or is it a thing where he wrestles like that and that's just the way it is every time he wrestles but then you know uh do backstage segments of the firefight funhouse he comes back and he is just you know a regular thing or is it like the hawk where he is wrestling in the ring and then when he gets mad he turns into that because that can't be stopped that can't be contained I don't know what the intel is going to be because pretty soon all this is going to be hollow if Bray Wyatt does not get in the ring and they book him well because all this can go down the drain all this Fire Five Funhouse stuff all these segments all everything can go down the drain because it's the most interesting thing on Raw right now but if you can't book him right He's done because right now, Bray Wyatt was the the, the the Jim Jones cult leader. Bray Wyatt was great when he first came, and then he lost to John Cena, and then lost three times after he we got no momentum back. Then after that, he he almost gained some momentum back when he was feuding with the Undertaker and came at Survivor Series. The wife when they brought in Braun Strowman. And they almost got it back. And it didn't work. Then they just lost. It wasn't even a full Survivor Series matchup. They made a regular tag team matchup. And then they, and they lost. And then he went against Undertaker at WrestleMania and lost. And then he... 
he just could could not get anywhere. He was just a regular mid card character. Went to Matt Hardy, and then this is what the Lincoln reincarnation should have invented. But that whole tag team, it didn't work. I thought in the future they was going to build for Bray and Roman as the top heel and the top babyface. Well, it's working one way, but now since the whole Bray Wyatt thing is done, they had to revamp this whole guy, and they did revamp the whole guy. But the question is, how do they book him? He can't just be beating jobs. He needs to be in a meaningful few and do something deadly. This character that he has can't lose. Kind of like the demon. He can't lose. Or maybe it's something where he's out there and the only time you see the Fred Rogers Bray Wyatt is the kind of way that, that you see him on, uh, on the Firefly Funhouse. Whatever the case may be, I really want to know. I'm inter interested now into seeing what is going to happen with Bray Wyatt because I'm loving the costume. I'm loving the gimmick. I'm loving everything about this Firefly Funhouse. And now, since he's been revealed, when is he going to come? I don't know. Don't waste him on Saudi Arabia because uh, I have my own issues about the Saudi Arabia thing, but I, I don't want them to waste him on Saudi Arabia. I want them to you know, put him in something meaningful that nobody has got nothing but a good enough dance partner. Don't stick up with Seth Rollins because you know Seth Rollins is going to lose the championship. Don't stick, he, he got to show how crazy this Bray Wyatt can be and what this whole character entails. Or will he just be creeping backstage and add he to his fun house and everything? So, I don't know. I want it to work so bad. I do. I want it to work so bad. I just, I just don't know. There is a hint of me that is slightly scared, but you know, it's gonna be all right. One thing I'm not scared about though is the news that AEW will be premiering on TNT this fall. Hold on. I want to repeat that so y'all can hear me. AEW will be reporting and showing a weekly fall TV show on TNT this fall 2019. We're talking September here, people. That's not that far off. Do you understand what that means? And I know a lot of younger wrestling fans will not understand what that means. But for all the old heads out there, let me explain why it's also a good move. There has not been wrestling on Turner Sports since 2001 when WCW went out of business in March of that year. There hasn't been single a single bit of wrestling on TNT. Now, in 2019, 18 years later, wrestling is back on TNT. Oh my goodness. And you know what? This could be a good thing and a bad thing. Because once again, if you're a diehard wrestling fan, there's no reason why you should want AEW to succeed. Because with the with, with AEW succeeding, WWE gets better. And then when WWE gets better, we have a better product. We have a better wrestling around the globe that for competition forces everybody to get better <coughs> everybody was saying you know why we like the monday night war so much do you know why we enjoy that era of wrestling so much is because wcw was bringing in a hundred WWE was bringing in a hundred and so was ecw everybody was bringing their a game but here's the thing that would have never happened if there was no Nitro. That would never happen if there was no WCW Saturday Night. But you see, if you guys look back at WWE in 95, that worst, worst year of 95, and someone, well, 94 wasn't a bad year, but I would say but it was just bad. And then a lot of the things, the New Generation era, the gimmicks and the very cartoony thing, Max Moon, come on now. They had that issue because WWE Saturday Night wasn't that much of a threat. It would get more Saturday nights. They own Raw on Mondays now, and they own Tuesday Night Titans and all that. I was like, oh, come on, I ain't worry about that. But then when Nitro came up, and they came up on the same day, and then they got all their top stars, that's when you start getting worried. Now, AEW, 
they don't have to focus on getting the Monday night spot. They don't have to focus on getting any of their top stars. All they got to focus on is just doing them. And for all the indie fans out there, like my friend Chubbs, you are not going to have a two-hour television show of just pure wrestling. It won't sell on a network. It won't. That's why Ring of Honor is still the way it is. It won't sell. You, you're you in a wrestling business. This, uh, whether you won't believe it or not, wrestling is entertainment. And you have to have good storylines, good characters, good delivery in order for this thing to work. And once again, once it gets started, it's not going to get started and be like, next thing you know, AEW got a game coming out in 2019. AEW got all this coming out. And the AEW got themselves going up against... It's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. A lot of time. It's a whole new company. Because once again, not only is WWE the big juggernaut right now. Because the older fans are the ones that's pissed. There is no 7-year-olds. There are no 9-year-olds. There are no 10-year-olds getting on YouTube... Cursing out people in videos about how much WWE sucks. That's not happening right now. That's us. The older fans, the people that are 30 plus years old, are the ones out here giving it the business because we know what our wrestling is. They don't know. My son don't know. There may be trolls in the comments, of course, but my son don't know. My son sees Roman Reigns is happy. My son sees AJ Styles and is happy. He's happy about all that kind of stuff. He got no reason to worry about anything else. But guess what? He don't he don't know anything about these indie wrestlers. Like I want to see Double or Nothing when it comes out uh, May twenty fifth. I'm still trying to debate if fifty dollars is too much to pay for it or not. But he don't care about them wrestlers. And when he watches, when he watches a, a, a Roman Reigns match, he don't care about how great the wrestling is. He wants to see what the story is going to be. That's what you got to do to sell it. Because number one, what AEW should try to do is try to get fans over there and try to get the old school fans over there. <coughs> Especially the ones who left after WCW went down. After WCW went down, you had about a good quarter or almost half of the population that just left. That just left. And I'm like, wow. Well, maybe they can get back now with it being on TNT. Who knows? But the, the question is, can they deliver? Can they deliver? If they can't deliver, then this whole thing could be a fail. But you, don't, you shouldn't want them to fail. Because right now, this is the only reason why Firefly Funhouse is probably happening. Or why WWE is trying to put on certain shows to make sure that they can still be on top. Vince cares about the Reigns people. Don't make it seem like Vince don't care. Vince McMahon cares about the ratings. Alright? That's the facts. He canceled SmackDown House shows. That's why we got this wild card rule. So we can put bigger stars on both shows. That's what it is. Dead serious. So you need to really be... Uh, it, like AEW has everything in their corner. They, don't, they do not need to fuck this up. Especially with XFL coming up. And Vince is going to be taking over that a little bit. And be less than WWE. I think he's scared of this. I think, I think that's why Vince is doing all the shit that he's doing now. Because he knows that when somebody gets his hands on it, that's all he needs. But you need this thing to succeed. You need this thing to succeed. You got to want it to succeed. And you got to support it. So when this thing comes on on Tuesdays, because SmackDown in the fall is going to Fridays. So it ain't like they're going head to head with SmackDown. They may go head to head with SmackDown when it comes to. Like when it first, now maybe the fall may be October. Maybe they wait until SmackDown goes to Fox, and then they go to Tuesdays on TNT, and uh, so that may be hard as well. So, I mean, I, I honestly, competition is what's going to make everything better in which you like. The 
A- anytime there's competition anywhere, that's when things get good. There's already talks about a wrestling game being made to counter and put some competition into 2K. What is the point of going out here and trying to make a good wrestling video game when you have nobody that's going to combat you? It's the same shit. I can copy and paste all the time because everybody who's a wrestling fan is going to buy my video game. But when you got an alternative that can do something that you like a little bit better, that's when the competition starts. That's when it starts. That's what I miss. You know, and every time if you look back on if you look back on uh systems, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube all had to try to outdo each other. Because they were all a different system that all had to bring something different to the table. And next thing you know, that was probably the greatest generation of video games right there. That that whole trifecta right there. Nowadays, whatever I get on PS4, I can get on Xbox One, S or X, and the Switch almost damn near. There are some Switch exclusives, there are some PS4 exclusives, there are some Xbox exclusives, but ain't the same. As a wrestling fan, you want that you you want it to be different. And with AEW being on a big screen, if the production looks good, if the storylines look good, that that first episode, they gotta come out the back with it. They gotta leave you hanging on to wanna watch next Tuesday. To the point where we won't get so mad at WWE because there's an alternative. Yes, there's alternatives now. There's NXT, there's 205 Live, there's Ring of Honor out there. There's so many things. There are other alternatives. Lucha Underground, I think, is going down the drain now. But there are other alternatives. But once again, like, when it came to 205 Live and NXT, you had to watch WWE Network. So it was like you still had to deal with WWE. <coughs> if you want to watch Ring of Honor, you got to watch Fight TV. If you want to watch Impact, you got to go to some southern channel that you, that nobody knows exists. If you want to watch Lucha Underground, you got to find you got to find the LRA Network. Every standard cable provider has TNT. That's how bigger big it is. Every standard cable cable provider has USA. If you're in the hospital, you know God forbid, and you're turning on that television, every standard cable operator has TNT. A USA. That's how you can see your wrestling. If I want to watch, if I'm in a hospital, or when my wife has the baby and she's in the hospital, and I'm like, oh God, all that was on is raw because it's USA. I can't turn to L Ray. They don't have no L Ray in the hospital. They don't fight TV in the hospital. Wherever Southern Place, uh, Southern Fishing Show, the TNA is on, they're not in the hospital. No. Please, guess what? Guess what? TNT's on there though. You can always go in there and turn to it. You either got bones on, got the closer, you got any one of them cop shows on, Law and Order, because TNT. And now with wrestling, AEW being on there, that this is a game changer, y'all. I don't think people really know how big this is, especially for a new company, a new company to to, to actually make an impact like this, and. Not only will it cause the competition in WWE to to, uh, to come forward, but it will make the competition around the wrestling world pick up their game because you want fans. You want people to watch your product. And WWE, I'm telling you, better be on their heels trying to watch out with AEW coming because they're going to come and they're going to swing hard, but they're not going to be swinging at WWE. They're just going to be swinging. To make sure they knocked the ball over the fence. Every wrestling mistake was they tried to swing and aim it at WWE. They got thrown the pitch. They hit the ball, but they trying to hit that. They trying to hit WWE's ball pin. That's not what you do. You go and hit this thing over the stadium. You hit that home run. That's what you do if you want to be successful on Turner. So, I think that's where I'm going to end it at today. I know this podcast was not as long as other podcasts, but next week, uh, where I can finally catch up to things, there'll be a Double or Nothing prediction show as well to go go over what's going to happen at Double or Nothing. I'm going to still de- determine if I'm going to actually see the show or not, because I want to. So, $50 is asking for a lot sometimes, but hey, uh, thank you guys for staying with me. I know I was sick. Do, uh, the podcast stuff like that so I do apologize for that but I wanted to get this out to you I know it's late I know it really is late I'm sorry but um 
you know, I'm doing the best I can for what I got. Uh, make sure you guys check out Spaces Philly, the Dutch Club we are a part of. And check out all your great content, uh, podcasting needs, such as the Little Little Pop Show, along with the Little Little Pop Horror War Show, along with both sides. You can also check out our content on there with the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast, along with the No Gas Ner- Nergasm Talk Podcast. Ooh, look, look at me today. Uh, Turntables, Hip Hop Culture and Beyond, and Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues. You guys can also find us on all the podcasts, such as Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, Apple Podcasts, along with uh, YouTube Premium, but once again, if you have Google Play, you can check, you already have YouTube Premium, but if you like to listen to us on YouTube, you can listen to us on YouTube Premium. So that's going to be the show this week, guys. Hopefully next week I come back with my team on this. We can talk more about it. I hope that I feel a little bit better, but thank you guys for listening to, listening with me. So once again, this is NC in a place to be. Show to Mr. Andy and Q-Flow. Wherever you're at, take us out. <music> to your ears welcome to the show we don't need any gimmicks you already know so sit back relax and hit the like button go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming swag on trivia and prompts top five either way it's fun and you're hearing it live join with your host mr a and e yeah you know it's the place to be it's nc At Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you that the world as we know it would not exist without the number zero. Which is why, at Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. Even with no sugar, it packs all of the bold citrus kick Dew Nation knows and loves. It's so good, you have no reason not to try it. As in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar. All Dew.